Magneto Funky, number 138. It's Saturday, September 7th, 2019. Hey, Larry here. I spent the short week finishing up the tank driver for the tank circuit of the Benitez power plant and still getting an oddball result. Uh, yeah, I kept uh, imagining Donald Sutherland's character from the movie Kelly's Heroes. <laughs> uh, the music is a fully curated mix of fresh Aussie sounds to enjoy.
Sushi in Tokyo by Divna, a colorful, bold, and intriguing project born within the depths of a Gold Coast bedroom in early 2017. A warm fusion between New Age soul and electronica. Nice. So yeah, I went down to the music hangout Triple J's Unearthed for a few very fresh and new tunes from Australia that's about to welcome spring. Hey, this is a laid-back and often explicit, you bet your ass, weekly international pod zine of extremely eclectic music and progressive politics with a focus on energy independence for the 99%. Uh, my pod pages are 1223studios.com slash yumfunky.h and facebook.com slash 1223studios. Well, back to the old drawing board. Okay, in grid theory. Uh, starting fresh on Monday, I stitched together the deluxe bells and whistles tank circuit with the extra resistors, the diodes, and the potentiometer uh, through the switch, and it was a damn train wreck on the Java program. No matter how I tried to fudge the values on the different components, the circuit either locked up the current or had it flying wide open through both transistors. Then I went on and put the bare bones tank circuit up and it worked just fine. Even better when I added a couple 100 ohm resistors. Uh, splitting the positive line and adding the other 12 volt input was okay as well. So on Java, at least, the tank driver looks good. And the current flow is interesting. I mean, the crossover kick to the transistors slowed down is like two dancers that are just out of step. But, you know, that's what you want with these two square waves. And just to be sure, I went through general discussions of the differences between ideal circuits and real-world replications. And the consensus seems to be that as long as you're not pushing a current to extremes, the mathematical models bear out. Cool. Uh, when I sat down to build the actual tank driver, I discovered that I was fresh out of 100 ohm resistors. <laughs> but I had 150 and 200 ohm parts, and just to be sure, I tried those parts on the Java simulator, and now it's got to be 100. Uh, the next day, well, Wednesday, I went to the Berkeley shop and saw that the regular quarter-watt 100-ohm resistors are popular enough to be out of stock. <laughs> so I got the bigger half-watt babies and a cheap-ass $20 clamp meter uh, to replace another burnt-out cheap-ass multimeter. Uh, after I finished installing the circuit on the mini breadboard, I saw that it fit perfectly on one of the little micro boards. I finished cleaning up the Benitez board and installed the driver to the tank circuit, and on the back end, I went back to the Friedrich video on switch 8 to hear again the one place where he mentioned the size of the capacitors that Senor Benitez used 
after the spark gap and what range he himself was using. Now it's anywhere from 0.22 microfarads to 10 microfarads. I didn't want to make a Friday store run, but I also didn't want to run a power test assuming it would automatically fail with my two point two two microfarad six hundred volt caps in series giving only point one one microfarads or a hundred and ten nanofarads at twelve hundred volts. So I went after all and at the shop I got the best combo they had. Uh four hundred and fifty volt two point two electrolytic capacitors. Uh the guy brought the bin and I picked out eight capacitors that were small enough to fit the micro breadboard. Well, anyway, back at the lab, I discovered that six of them were actually 3.3 microfarads. But, hey, that was even better. All eight of these in series gives me a bank of 0.366 microfarads or 366 nanofarads at 3600 volts. Now that's within the range Friedrich mentioned and just enough high voltage to accommodate a small spark in the gap. Anyway, I'm running the power test right now, well as of Friday afternoon, and results in a bit. Okay, back to the stage. Continuing the Aussie set with three grinders, I'm listening by Good Dukes, indie punk surf rock band from Perth, uh, four losers trying to bring music to Mandura, West Oz. Oh, and they're on tour through October. Uh, you can get dates on their Facebook page. Then it's Oh Good God by Astronaut Launch Party, an indie pop psychedelic punk folk outfit from Townsville, North Queensland. A raucous circus of hyperspeed gypsy rock embracing just about every element of theatrical rock and roll in existence. Uh, they had a mini tour of the UK and France last year, and they have a record on the way. And we wrap up with Brain Dead by The Suburbs a three-piece rap rock band from Melbourne's southeastern suburbs. It's their first single, a tribute to the best parts of the 90s, taking influences from Limp Bizkit and Rage Against the Machine through to the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Soundgarden with some Run DMC and Beastie Boys thrown into the mix. And definitely not work safe, if that applies.
Hey, Geek Notes. Yeah, it's Saturday. And as far as the landscape of political atrocities goes, I'm tired of laughing at the treasonous antics of Mango Mussolini, where Sharpie Gate is just another turd to obsess over 
by the corporate media as they continue to normalize this asshole. Meanwhile, four red states are executing the craven dick move of canceling GOP primaries and caucuses because fearless leader Cadet Bonespurs is so shaky to challengers. Now be honest, Red Hats. If the DNC pulled this kind of shit, you'd all be crowing that the maneuver comes straight from the Politburo playbook. And even more of an indication that the eventual Democratic nominee shouldn't even bother debating the lying grifter next year. In fact, starting now, I'm not watching any damn campaign commercials from anybody. And I especially don't give a damn about any breathless breaking news of sudden scandal or outrage under the sure-to-knock-out-the-candidacy of anybody still in the Democratic Thunderdome. Because the Minions have already bragged about their multi-million dollar campaign of targeted disinformation through social media and the corporate investor class media. Especially if the Washington Examiner, Politico, or the friggin' New York Times use each other to vouch for toxic gossip. Now, is that why Think Progress just died? Or was it because no rich liberal wanted to buy it and be accused of creating another Pravda? Anyway, genuine thoughts and prayers to the people of the Bahamas and the eastern seaboard will accept those who don't believe in climate chaos. You know, y'all can ignore the weather person on TV. Anyway, let's just run a few dates. September the 8th is National Grandparents Day and International Literacy Day. September 9th is California Admissions Day. And the 10th is World Suicide Prevention Day. And we have a date. Certificate in Psychedelic Assisted Therapies and Research. Uh, we're going to have an info session at 6.30 to 8 p.m. Pacific Time at the California Institute of Integral Studies, 1453 Mission Street, here in the city. Let's see. Meet Dr. Kathy Coleman, Admissions Manager of the Center for Psychedelic Therapies and Research and other center staff. Come learn what this professional certificate program is all about. Ask questions, look around the campus, or take advantage of an online session and hear about the need for the certificate in the culture at large. Uh, participate in informal conversation with some of the teachers, graduates, and current students and hear why they designed the certificate, how you benefit from it, and how you can be part of the long-term vision of the field. Cool. Okay, moving on. September the 11th. Yeah, we know what happened. You know what? When I hear Patriots Day, it reminds me how May 1st got turned by conservatives into Law Day because they damn sure didn't want to call it May Day. Anyway, September 12th is National Video Game Day. Uh, the 13th is International Programmers Day, and we have another event. Well, I said anti-event. John Negroponte on American National Security Priorities for 2020. This will be happening from 3.45 to 5 p.m. Central Time 
at the Chicago Council on Global Affairs to Prudential Plaza in Chi-Town. John Nergoponte was U.S. Ambassador to Honduras from 1981 to 1985. He helped supervise the Nicaraguan Contra mercenaries who were based in Honduras. He also helped set up the Honduran military death squads. This war criminal, who should be sharing prison stripes with Henry Kissinger, will join the council's Brian Hansen to discuss the findings of the 2019 Chicago Council Survey of American Public Opinion on U.S. foreign policy and the nation's global priorities ahead of the election. Ain't that nice? Uh, if you disagree, you can show up and give them your two cents. Okay, moving on, September 14th, uh, we have two events. One, a free electric car show that will be happening from noon to 4 p.m. Eastern Time at the Asheville Outlets. Yeah, celebrate National Drive Electric Week. Electric vehicle owners and dealers will be set up in the parking lot behind the Gap factory showing off the latest long-range EVs, four-wheel drive EVs, plug-in hybrids, used and new. Uh, plus, organizers will be on-site answering everything you've ever wanted to know about electric cars. Cool. Visit dubshopashevilleoutlets.com for more info. And Emergency Power. That'll be from 1 to 3 p.m. Pacific at SOS Survival Products, Inc., uh, 15705 Stratham Street, Suite 11, in Van Nuys. That's down near L.A. Reliable power is a resource we take for granted. The reality is that between increased demands, deferred maintenance, plots by unsavory actors, and natural disasters, we need to prepare for times when grid power isn't available. Dan Tomlinson, a community emergency response team member, amateur radio operator, and retired police officer, will discuss alternatives to grid power. Uh, topics will include battery power, solar power, and generators. Nice. All right. If you have promos, pluggers, gig info, and art opening, etc., send me an email. The address is mfunkyzine at gmail.com and bands, artists, and poets. Download links, no attachments, please, and no promises. Transfer complete. Okay, in-grid practice. All right, I'm done testing. And to cut to the chase, still no damn sparks. But the circuit still works. Charging the B-side, albeit at a glacial pace. Now on the back end, the improved capacitor bank uh, the real stat and the spark gap all read 10.5 volts 
with the spark terminal separated. And when I touched them together, the voltage went up to 11 and a half volts, but still no sparks. And no sparks, no pulses of back EMF. Now, on a side note, during the test, I noticed that when reading from the common ground, the junction where the A side positive splits off from the switch to the low tap and the circuit, it fluctuates from 22 to 24 volts. But the driver circuit by itself reads 12 volts. And the low taps by itself reads 11 and a half. Now, the B battery reads less than 12 volts under load, which is normal for the charging battery. So, the extra voltage is coming from somewhere. Now, that implies that the low taps don't put any extra strain on the run battery. But, I never got this reading before the new circuitry was installed. So, the next baby step is crystal clear. This whole circuit needs to be scoped, especially now that the Falstad slash CircuitMod Java app has thoroughly spoiled me on getting scope readings. And speaking of which, on the Facebook page, I do have a 45 second video of the tank circuit running on the CircuitMod app with scope readings. Okay, so now that I have my info in time for the show, I'm going to go enjoy the weekend before I dig the scope out from under the stack of papers. <laughs> Alright, for this week's One More Tune, we close out with a bit of dance electronic hip-hop metal. Vigilant by Jordan Peters, a record producer, musician, uh, sound engineer in Melbourne. He began his career producing music on his computer in 2015 at the age of 14. Uh, he primarily produces hybrid electronic music, but also draws influences from dubstep, classical, orchestral, garage, and ambient music. And you can dance to it.
Well, okay. Hey, this show is a 1223 Studio joint. I'm on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, Internet Archive, Player FM, Listen Notes, Podknife, and Mixcloud. Show notes are on the pod pages. Send email to mfunkyzine at gmail.com. If you like the show, tell your friends. And, you know, it's been a week since the whole debacle with Lawrence O'Donnell rushing to tell a piece of gossip too juicy to resist. As far as I'm concerned, paperwork like that actually does exist. But everybody knows you keep that stuff with the shadow account books. Now, at any rate, it's interesting that O'Donnell got pilloried and did great damage to the cause for doing something once and admitting it, while the brigade of saboteurs and bomb throwers over on the Nazi channel proudly spread gaslight and bullshit every damn day. Show themes, Rocket Power and Spyglass, by New York musician and composer Kevin McLeod. Some additional audio from freesound.org. The next episode is set for Saturday, September 14th. Yeah, I know I'm not a Knights Templar, but I'm Larry, trying hard to stay chill at my garret in the mission. And this is Magneto Funky from San Francisco, where we go through, not into, the darkness.